Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy, happy Monday. Wow. What a weekend of football. My God. Saturday, Sunday, bam, back-to-back, wall-to-wall ball. Oh, jeez. We got lots to talk about today. It is the Monday edition of the All-NFL Podcast, the All-City All-NFL Podcast. This man, Baldy, Brian Baldinger. I'm Kaz Anthony Gargano. And uh, we got to start news of the day. Obviously, Shaq Leonard to the Eagles. That plays into what happened yesterday in the rematch of the NFC title game where we saw the Niners flex after a quarter in which they were negative yards. Mm-hmm. They were unstoppable, Baldy. Well, they started converting their third downs. Okay, so they stayed on the field. Um, you know, then they, they went on a rip, a rip where they scored touchdowns six straight drives. So the execution was ridiculous. But, you know, the big thing was third downs. They were able to stay on the field, convert third and twos, third and threes, third and fives. And then the then Shanahan got into his playbook. And he got some misdirection going. He got some plays to take advantage of some things. And, you know, once they, once they got on a roll, obviously Debo was all world, right? Um, there's only really one Debo in this league, like what he can do. But, you know, it, it exposed a lot of weaknesses of the Eagles. One of the reasons why they went out and got Shaq Leonard was the linebackers just got exposed. But the secondary did, too. Um, you know, and then vice versa, San Francisco's secondary was all-world. Traverius Ward, Ambry Thomas, Domidor Lenore, like all of them played really well. All right, so let's talk about this game from both vantage points, okay? Let's start with the Niners mm-hmm. and what it means. Now, the Niners have been on a roll. It's been a, a weird year for them because they start off good. They had that funk where they had a bye week. They didn't win for a month. They lost to the uh, Bengals they lost pretty, to Cleveland. They're in pretty like, bad fashion. And then they trounce the Cowboys. They come out of it. And yesterday, at Lincoln Financial Field, to avenge the loss of the NFC title game, they looked that dominant. So, Brock Purdy, let's start there. Purdy now a, an MVP candidate. Once no again, playing flawless football. I mean, you talk about those six drives. He was the maestro, just like Bradley Cooper. He was the maestro on those six drives. He, um, you know, right now, he, you know, forget, I don't want to get crazy with stats, but like nobody's even close to him when it comes to quarterback rating, whether it's completion percentage. Yards per attempt is over 10 yards in attempt right now. Like, nobody's even close to him. The closest is about eight and a half yards in attempt. 
Uh, you know, and then, you know, yesterday, four touchdowns, no interceptions on the road against, you know, the NFC champions. Uh, the team that knocked him out. Knocked him out. And hurt him last year. And, you, you know, the thing is, is he just makes it look so easy. Like, he just goes through his reads. Honestly, like, it's, it's like reading a Dr. Seuss book. Like, he just makes you, like, he just finds time, no matter how you compress it. Like, whether you blitz him, whatever, he still has time. Because he reads the defense on his drop. And when he sees it, he, like, he already knows, and it's by his second step, if he's staying on the two-receiver side, three-receiver side, if he's got to go backside, like, he just sees the whole field. And then he's always in a position to make a throw. Well, there was a play. We're going to show you a couple of plays. But there was one play that we got to talk about, which was interesting, which was the there's a play where Ayuk – it's a third down play. Ayuk slips. Mm -hmm. You talk about those third down conversions. Ayuk slips. He the play's supposed to go that way. Mm -hmm. He resets himself and fires across the field to the other side to Kittle, to Kittle for the first down. Yeah. Like that to me is his next level quarterback play. Well, it is because uh, in order to reset, he had to back up a little bit. Uh, so he, he looks at the two receiver side and uh, Ayuk slips. And they double McCaffrey. So he's got nothing on the two-receiver side. So he backs up a step, and then he immediately goes all the way to the other side. He turns his body before he delivers the throw. He sets, feet, right? Feet reset. Oh, feet it? reset. Okay, and then he makes a dart of a throw to Kittle for – it's third and two, and he gets three yards, gets the first down. That was the first third down conversion. And then they started rolling. You know, they were able to stay on the field, get in the playbook, get into the a game plan, a lot of the things that they did. But that was just an example of just how he sees the field. And I know people don't want to believe that just because you were Mr. Irrelevant, you were a seventh-round pick, that you can't be the best quarterback in the league. Well, he can be. And I'm not saying he's better than Dak or he's better than Mahomes. I'm not saying any of that. But he's right now, for the second year in a row, he's the highest-rated quarterback in this league. Now, obviously, you know, Shanahan and his offense, we'll get to that in a minute, has a lot to do with it. But, you know, he puts – you look at where he puts the ball. You look at it at, at pressure. Like, he stands tall. What really impresses me about him – listen, I, I was late to the party. Like, I, you, I remember you telling me, like, dude, they, going into this season, you said, listen, Purdy's legit. He's legit, legit. You said it. And he shows you in the face of pressure, his eyes never leave – they never go down. They're always up looking at, looking at the field. He gives, he gives all of his receivers a chance. All, on every route, he gives them a chance. He didn't have a bad throw. You know, so he missed a couple throws, but he didn't have any bad throws where he just read the defense wrong, went to the wrong spot. He didn't make any mistakes yesterday. Yeah, and so, you know, um, you know, look, and, and so people want to give Shanahan all the credit, which is fine. He's a great uh, play caller. He's got great talent. But somebody still has to get the ball to all these guys. And all the yeah, he had Jimmy G. Let's remember, you know, and Jimmy G didn't do what no, Purdy did. No, it's 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 not even comparable right now. Um, he never gets, you know, like if you watch quarterbacks struggle, what happens to them a lot is they want to do the right thing, they want to stay in the pocket, they want to do all these things uh, that you know they're being coached to do. But what happens is when they get late in the progression, like the play that you're talking about, where Purdy, like Ayuk falls. Uh, McCaffrey's double teamed, and now they get antsy. There's a clock in their head, yeah. and their feet get antsy. And then they they forget about getting their footwork right to make that throw uh, across the field to Kittle. 
yeah. and it floats and it gets picked. Like Dak was like that last year. He had a lot of throws like that last year. He's not like that now. But like this guy always has the right movement to get his feet reset to make the throw. So last thing on Purdy, I had a friend of mine yesterday say, how could it be that they spend all this money in scouting, yeah. all this money into development? How do you miss a Brock Purdy? How does Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, and doing what he's doing right off the bat? Well, I think, I think one thing that we have to pay close attention to, and, you know, forget it. Like, just take a Power 5 conference like the Big 12. They throw the ball a lot. Mahomes. Baker, Kyler, okay, I mean, there's a, there a, a pattern there of guys that have come out and have been pretty good players. But what I would look at is he started 47 games at Iowa State. All right, I would pull over four years, I'd pull all the big games, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa. Let's watch Brock Purdy in the biggest games, playoff games, bowl games, whatever. Let's just take eight games. He's played 47 games. Let's watch him against the very best, and let's, now let's, let's condense that and say, okay, let's take all the bubble screens out, all that. Let's, let's look at NFL throws. He's thrown into windows. He's thrown on timing. He's going through progressions. All the stuff you got to do in the NFL. And I go, I would start there. And I'd forget about any statistic. I'd forget about wins and losses. You know, Mahomes didn't win, you know, all the games at Texas Tech. But he had this ability to extend plays, throw off platform, huge arm, had to score 50 to beat Oklahoma every year, had to score 50 to beat TCU. And, and generally, he scored 50, just didn't, they didn't win games. But that's where I would start. Like, look at all the things that he does well in these games at Iowa State. And 47 games makes a lot of difference. It's funny because, I, you know, I'm sure his size played into it. Only he's 6'1". And so they're looking at they're looking at the size. They're looking how fast he is. Right. Like so, looking his six one is different than Bryce's Bryce Young's five ten, right? Because of Bryce Young's mobility but and but speed. Like if you, but you can, it's it's a little hidden. But you know, from the waist down, he's very sturdy. Like Mahomes, he is broke very a tackle yesterday. Yeah, he broke a tackle of uh, which was know, embarrassing. Blanket chip bounced right off him. Um, no, so like he's sturdy, like you know, and he, he's got good movement. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's not going to win any forty. You know, he's not going to run in the four sixes, but I bet he runs in the low four eights, yeah. which is plenty fast enough because he's got a good first step. But what he does is too, he stands tall. Like to me, that's everything. Like in the face of pressure in this league that is based on pressure, that's trying to move you off spots, that's coming at you. He's he's unflappable. He doesn't flinch. And to me, the mark of a quarterback. I keep going back to it. Is if you don't flinch and you deliver that throw, well, the other that's thing, that's you're that's my guy. Because, but the, the other thing he does is you know he, he, like you call him a maestro, right? And he really is. He's really the conductor of the orchestra. So all the motions, all the shifts, he's got to make sure everything is done on timing, on right. So there's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, like I remember, you know, going back, there was guys like, you know, Favre, he didn't like to motion. Because every time you motion, the defense moved, and, you know, it, it wasn't a clean picture to him. Well, this is the offense. The offense involves a shift in a motion every play, at least, and sometimes more. So the, the defense is always going to be moving, but you're going to know, have a pretty good pre-snap read, whether they're in man or zone, what's the man side, what's the zone side, which side do, am I going to lean to here on third and two, 
Where am I going to go? Like, he has, like, I think he digests all that information very quickly. He, he does. He's a quick processor. All right. Now, speaking of uh, Shanahan, this whole game, you said something in pre-show that I thought was so apt, which is Shanahan, since last year's NFC title game, has been sleepless <laughs> over Hassan Reddick. Yes. So he draws up a play, mm -hmm. and we're going to show you this play. This play is completely the brain of Shanahan saying, I need to avenge what I put Brock Purdy through. So if you think about NFC Championship game, sixth play of the game, play action, uh, he's got his backup tight end, Tyler uh, Croft, blocking Hassan Reddick. And Reddick beats him around the corner, and he hits the throwing arm of Brock Purdy, and obviously we know what happened. The game, for all practical purposes, ended. So he put a play in where he has a motion right here, okay, where George Kittle's going to come across the formation like he's going to block Hassan Reddick. All right? So it, it slows Hassan Reddick. Reddick puts his hands on him right here. And Purdy is looking down the field. He's got three vertical routes. So he's got Jennings, he's got Debo, and he's got Ayuk, and they're just running vertical routes and running six players of the Eagles off in coverage. And then what they do is they fake like they're blocking Reddick, and then Kittle slips out. And it's basically uh, an eight-yard check down to Kittle. But he's got literally 30 yards oh. of just green. So Kittle, all he's got to do is just run as fast as he can, get as much ground as he can. Like he's never going to, one guy's never going to just tackle him. Gets down the nine yard line. Like that's just a great design. Yeah, one more play. time. Look at, look at, look at this. Look how brilliant that this play is. So, Especially come over last year. And Hassan, who's such a, so fast, so yeah. nasty off the edge, it just, it, he's going to think about this play. This is, you get the Reddick's head well, here. Well, they actually also pull Aaron Banks, the backside yeah. guard. Just in case, yeah. like, uh, you know, Kittle gets beat and Hassan Reddick is really coming, he's got another guard to block him out when he design. gets out. So he's, make sure, he's making sure that Purdy is going to be completely blocked, or uh, completely free. And the coverage, you know, the, the, the vertical routes, this, this play is for George Kittle. I'm sure he, he drew it up just this week for this game. He had it in just for the Eagles and only against Reddick. Like, Reddick had to be there. Like, they just wanted him to, like, like look, nobody's going to avenge the NFC Championship game. That's in the books. But you can, like, you can sell them, like, we're coming right at you, and they do. And the, the result is it was the big chunk play that led to the first touchdown. Well, and the other thing it does is, A, when you see the Eagles again in the playoffs, that's in the back of Hassan's mind. Yep. And any anybody else, you got to go, oh, wait, man, you know, maybe something's happening here where it just slows you for a moment. But, you know, that's, uh, you know, there's, there's only so many guys in this league that can just sit there and design that type of play. Yeah. So it's play design, and it's in when to call it, and it's for this particular player, and I think we can get a big chunk, and we'll do it like you, you could do it with, you could do it with Debo, but Debo wouldn't really be there to block Hassan. But, you know, they put Kittle in blocking situations, so every single thing was well thought out. And then it was well executed. But these, these like, if, if the Eagles see, you know, this 49ers in a playoff game, they won't see this play. But they'll see something else that's just on the mind of Kyle in a, in a right situation. And then, then can you call it at the right time and then execute it the way it's supposed to be? He, he, just he's amazing at it. Um, 
The other thing, I mean, this out of the figure about the thought process going into this game. So you made a good point about Jennings because you saw the snaps that Jennings got over Juice because you, you want to be able to attack the Eagles down the field, the middle of the field. We knew that that's where the Eagles were most vulnerable. And so he gives you Jennings a lot so what more. They did was, they're a two-back offense. You know, so they, they like playing Juice in a variety of roles in the run game. But they said in this game, Juice played a, a, had a very minor role. Jawan Jennings played a lot. So they got their three receivers. They got Jennings, Ayuk, and Debo out there, along with Kittle. And he, they knew that that would get Bradley Roby on the field and Eli Ricks. Yeah, so don't go dime. So they, they knew that they would get the Eagles' third and fourth corner out there, and they just thought they could match up with it. And they did. Jennings got, you know, Eli Ricks for a touchdown. I mean, it was about matchups, and we're like, okay, Juice, you're not going to have as big a role in this game. We're still going to run the ball. We're going to do it differently. But we're gonna we're gonna pay, make them pay for the corners that we think were better than them in. And what, what he also did was, and, and this is the brilliance of Shanahan, is that he gets the matchups, the, the favorable matchups. He makes sure he gets them. So let's go and take a look at another play. Okay. And th and this is also, uh, I'm sure when when Howie saw this play. <laughs> He got on the phone with Shaq Leonard because, remember, Shaq, it was between uh, Dallas and Philadelphia for Shaq. And there was no way that Howie was letting Shaq, you know, not go to Dallas after watching this. And this is the brilliance of Shanahan again where he's able to match up McCaffrey and Morrow. So here you go. So you've got, you've got a, two receivers to the uh, wide side of the field right here. All right. And then you start putting McCaffrey in motion. All right, Slay is up there. He's, uh, he's, he's got uh, his man covered up there. And they put Matt McCaffrey in motion. And it's just basically a Steph Curry clear out. Like, the inside receiver and outside receiver just going vertical. And it's leaving McCaffrey with what we call just an option route. He's got a choice route here. And in coverage is Nick Morrow. Like, it's not fair to Nick. I'm not here to bash Nick. No, nobody, I mean, what linebacker is going to cover McCaffrey like that? But, like, he's... He, he's like, McCaffrey's trying to close the space on him right here, and all he wants to do is just get Morrill to stop his feet. And he, he gets Morrill to stop his feet, and then Morrill sneaks a peek to see if they're going to throw it to him, and he runs a wheel route behind him, and he's got literally six yards of separation. Like, look at this play. Look, look, it's amazing. Because you, you run it back, and when you look at this play, look at how he gets – Shanahan's able to get McCaffrey – with that matchup. And then look at Purdy, because Purdy sees it right away. And look when Purdy throws it right here. He's about to deliver the football in a perfect spot. Yeah. Well, you know, he hasn't even begun the wheel part of the route yet. And he's already thrown it to a location, trusting that McCaffrey's going to get there. But you can see it's man coverage all the way around. Man coverage at the bottom. You're running with Ayuk over the middle of the field. you got a free safety in the middle, blanket ship right there. But ultimately, you've got a, a half of the field with McCaffrey and Morrill right there. Mm. And you get a big chunk, you know, you get 32 yards, it leads to another touchdown. You get these chunk plays, you know, you're going to have a good chance of scoring touchdowns. I mean, you know, he's pushed out of bounds, like right there by Slay at, you know, the 12-yard line. Yeah. I mean, that the design is, their offense is just frightening. And when they're clicking like this, and the weapons that they have are just sick. I mean, when you got, when you're rocking Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, McCaffrey, Jennings, you know, they're all, they all got Mitchell. Fed. They oh all got my fed. God! Everybody, everyone, like Debo had the yeah. three touchdowns. Yeah. Jennings had a touchdown. Ayuk had his catches. McCaffrey got his catches and his runs. 
you know, um, the league's leading rusher got 93 yards. Like, literally right up the middle. Like, he didn't get too fancy with the run game. They just blocked him up, you know, and uh, he just breaks tackles and makes people miss. He's got phenomenal feet and vision, and he just refuses to be tackled. And so, literally, Purdy's sitting there, and everybody, like, everybody's got, everybody at the end of the game, they're in the locker room, and everybody's got their numbers. Everybody's got stats. Yeah. So, let's talk about the other side of the ball, because equally impressive, that Eagle offense is a tough offense, right? Because, you know, at any moment, we talk about weapons, and I know they're missing Goddard right now, but A.J. and Devontae <clears throat> hurts. What did, the, what did the Niners do? Because, listen, they were stout early in the red zone, holding the two field goals, which was a big piece of the game. But even throughout the game, I mean, we saw them play. Jalen had a ton of time. He was getting frustrated at times where, you know, just, just nowhere to go with the football. What were they doing just locking down in the secondary? Well, they mixed their coverages up. They played a, a good chunk of man coverage, which a lot of teams are afraid to do against Jalen because he, he takes off and runs when he sees you guys, when he sees the coverage take off and, and go man. So they mix it up. Um, and then their coverage was excellent. Like, they didn't, the Eagles didn't really run many man beaters. Like, you would get in a bunch formation, you'd run switch routes, you'd do things to try and beat the man coverage. They didn't really do that. They ran just individual routes, and guys weren't winning. I mean, there was a play that, uh, you know, Javon Kinlaw had a sack on, where literally, you know, Jalen held the ball for eight seconds, and nobody uncovered. And, you know, he ended up just sacking himself at the end. Yeah, we uh, slipped. So, but that, but then you know, then the Eagles said, "Okay, we'll go max protection. We'll make sure Bosa and Chase and you know everybody's blocked up, and we'll just run a two receiver route." Well, they ran it into a zone, and again, Jalen's just holding it, and there's seven guys dropped just surrounding Devontae and AJ, and they're they're just not shaking loose, and so again, Jalen, you know, ends up you know taking a sack, covered sack all the way. Um, they mixed up their coverages real good, but I'll say this: Traverius Ward. Ambry Thomas, Domador Lenore, like they played great man coverage. They played really, really good against all of them. They all, they all made plays, you know. And so uh, I think this defense really changed when Lenore became their slot defender. There seemed to be a position yeah. that, you yeah. know, the Eagles don't have a slot defender. No, that's what's they, killing they, them right now. You know, they, once they lost Avante Maddox, they've really been struggling. Um, Roby's been in and out of the lineup. They just don't have a guy there. And so they're really struggling there. But, like, Lenore has really locked that position down because he's been an outside guy. And he's gone inside, and he's really given that defense a lift. All right. Let's talk about it from the Eagles' perspective, okay? So Eagles, we, we've talked about this. They've had a gauntlet of a schedule, mm -hmm. right? Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, and now you have to play San Francisco. And so you finally lose. There was a lot of talk. Well, you know, what is it? How good are the Eagles? They, you know, they beat Kansas City. There were some drops for the Chiefs. The Bills controlled that game for the most part. Eagles come back. They're now 10 and 2. They're still 10 and 2, right? Like, I think it's important. And even no matter what happens next week against Dallas, because I think that's a tough matchup. But this is still a really good football team. But how do you feel about them after the way they looked? Because optically, you know, I've been hearing all day from the, the, all these pundits and hot takers. But let's really look at it. How do you see so it? I said last, like, last, last year, they gave up a, a total of 22 touchdowns. 
passes, 22 passing touchdowns in 17 games. Right now, they've given up 27 in 13 games. Like, they gave up four yesterday. Um, their pass defense is poor. And let's face it, it's a passing league. And I don't care who you see. You see Green Bay. You see the Rams. You see these teams that can throw the football right now. Uh, if you see them in any level of the playoffs. We've seen Dallas and what Dak is doing right now. We saw what Purdy's. Like, you're going to see some really good quarterbacks and good passing teams. I don't, I, I don't feel like the Eagles' pass rush is anywhere near what it was a year ago, and I don't see them affecting the quarterback where they can result in interceptions or stop this ball from ending up in the end zone. They, they look sluggish. They look slow. We, we, I showed you the touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. He ran untouched across the formation. Like, there's breakdowns in the secondary right now that I didn't see last year. Let me ask you a question, though, because I think this is important, too. The, the one area of concern with this Eagles team, oh, dating back to the Tampa season, when they make the playoffs mm -hmm. and Brady, you mm -hmm. know, it's a whitewash and Jalen's first big playoff mm -hmm. game, the whole thing. They, they they got just riddled by good quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Last year, if you remember, they didn't see many. They didn't, yes, they didn't see many. Going even into the playoffs, where you got the Giants, right? Purdy got hurt six. We talk about six plays into it, right? So they weren't that back seven wasn't tested. Certainly, the way it's being tested through this gauntlet and they had of teams. A lot teams. more interceptions last year. You know, they're not getting. You know, they had seventeen interceptions last. Well, year. it's one thing when you're feasting against Daniel Jones. Yes. No doubt. You and know, then you got a bad Washington team that, you know, didn't have a quarterback. And, you know, there's, there was a lot of bad teams that they played last year. And so, but, you know, look, I know people will just say, well, they're still 10-2. They're, you know, they're still the number one seed. Well, records don't mean anything. We see number one seeds get beat all the time. Tennessee was the number one seed in the AFC two years ago. And Cincinnati went to Tennessee and beat them. Like, the, the record doesn't mean anything. It's how you're playing. Like, you're going to learn an awful lot um, six days from now you know, when the Eagles go to Dallas. Because Dallas is playing really good football. They still need the win to, to really give them their own feeling that they belong with the elite elite. Like, they have a, they have a good record. Dak's playing great. But they still need a, a yeah, win. I mean, they haven't beaten anybody. Well, okay. I mean, no, no. I'm true. just saying. Like, right. we talked about. Hey, they beat their first but winning but record they, with Seattle. But you know, if you say you haven't beaten anybody in this league, that's true. Because, but there's only six bodies that are any good. That are like Miami is good. Baltimore is good. Like, there's a lot of teams. And you can say what you want. The Eagles. The Eagles beat. No, they just Miami. They went through the Gauntlet. Kansas City. They beat them all. And Buffalo. So, yeah. like, right. No, they, I'm making your point. No, no. Like, they've they've been battle tested. But it's but even. Look, if they go to Dallas and take care of business, they're the team to beat, even though San Francisco just beat them. They're going to end up with the number one seed if they win this game. If they don't, San Francisco might very well be the number one seed, and Philadelphia might have to go out there to play them. We'll see. what I mean, there's a lot of football to be played. You know, Dallas got beat by Arizona this year. Like, you can stumble in this business against teams and not be ready to play. So that, that happens. But I, I, I mean, at first, boss, i got to tell you I'm not in love with the matchup for the Eagles' perspective. The same thing, watching their like their back seven. Listen, the Cowboys here at Lincoln Financial Field put up a big number. I, I mean, they move the ball. If that yeah. doesn't step out of bounds, mm -hmm. if they run a better route, on fourth and one. I mean, you know, that's a different story. So, 
you know, again, the, we, they got to button up this defense. Now, I love the, the Shaq Leonard signing. Yeah, but like, we I love uh, Bayard, but they got to integrate into the into the defense. It's not, it's, so it's, it's not going to happen Sunday night. This is not the. Uh the designated hitter rule right. in baseball. You just don't take Shaq Leonard. Uh, and there's a reason why they let Shaq Leonard go in Indianapolis. You know, now look, Zaire Franklin's playing great football. EJ Speed, they're playing very good in Indianapolis. But there's a reason. Like, this guy's coming off major surgery. He's missed a lot of time. He's not making the plays that defined him as an all-pro linebacker. Remember, his, I think his rookie year, he didn't make the, all pro, uh, the pro bowl, but he was first-team all-pro. Like, you know, there was, like, weird things. Like, he came to Philadelphia, and he's sacking Carson Wentz, and he's recovering fumbles, and he's forcing fumbles. Like, he's a—you look at his stats. Like, he's a playmaking inside linebacker. The Eagles linebackers aren't making any plays. They're not knocking the ball loose. They're not getting their hands on the ball. Yeah. They're not making tackles where you got to make the tackle. No, I think he—listen, I think— and I. I think he and Bayard are going to make a difference by the end of the year. And this is why I, I don't like I don't feel good about next week from an Eagles perspective. I would feel better from a Dallas perspective. You know, obviously the game's in Dallas, the whole mm-hmm. thing, the quick track. But the Eagles back end of the schedule, last four games, just wins there. Mm-hmm. So you could easily drop this game and still feel good about yourself going into the playoffs. Now you've integrated Jack Leonard, you've you've integrated Bayard. Like mm-hmm. you're you're there's a different feel about you. You get Goddard back. Like not having Goddard mm-hmm. was another big deal. Like that's a big part of their offense. No doubt. I mean, he's every bit of kittle to the Eagles. You're gonna run the ball a lot better if Goddard's in there too. But they, they you know, I am worried though that you know in a game that you know wasn't like, it didn't really get away from them until late in the third quarter. But they never. I, I'm worried about the run game. Like, I know DeAndre Swift's got a lot of rushing yards, and he's got them in chunks. But I just don't feel like they've found runs that they're good at yet. But this is week 13. Like, I would think that there's certain runs that they know they can run against anybody, whether it's counter, power, stretch. And I'm not so sure they believe in the run game yet, where they can just line up and go. Like, I watch, I, I watch McCaffrey run the same five runs every week. It's not, it doesn't vary that much different. And I know they can run the ball. Like, I'm not sure that the Eagles believe they can right now. That's interesting. Well, I, I will say this, that, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to watch who next week. It's going to tell you a lot about the NFC as far mm-hmm. as the home field is concerned. They're all chasing the number one record, right? So you got when you look at it, right? You got the Eagles ten and two, mm-hmm. Niners nine and three, the uh, the Cowboys are, are right there behind nine you and three. at nine and three, and you got Detroit at nine and three, and Detroit's schedule is easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas' schedule's hard. Uh, the Niners, if he, we'll, we'll put all the schedules up. Uh, Andrew, you'll get to all the, the. We'll look at all the schedules coming up. Uh, tomorrow, but this is right now. Next Sunday night, this coming Sunday night will be again the n- another game of the week. That'll be almost four or four games in a row yeah. where the Eagles will be involved in these monster, monster games. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great for television. It's great for the fans. Great for the fan bases. You know, they're chirping back and forth right now. That's good. Um, you know, the interest is sky high. Um, the you know they're they're having. Like rating bonanzas right now on television. Every network that gets one of these games is like they're just blowing everything out of the water. That's all good. But I would say this: like, 
Like the Giants won two Super Bowls and they were nine and seven in both both years. Like the way Green Bay is playing right now. Oh, uh, we'll get to them. Yeah. The way Green yeah. Bay is playing right now, maybe like I don't know. Like I feel like they can beat anybody the way that they're playing. Oh, how about the way Jordan loves playing? Tomorrow we're going to take a deep dive into the Packers a little bit. Uh, but real quick, this Niners Eagles rivalry. Mm-hmm. Is awesome. Like it's chirping back and oh, forth. That's great. I mean, the players, the fans. I mean, it's one of these great rivalries. Big Dom. Yeah, Tom. You're out of here. It's unbelievable. I mean, like the the rivalry is fantastic. Yeah, the intensity, the intensity is. Uh, I, I wasn't there. I was announcing the, the Miami game yesterday, yeah. so I wasn't in the stadium. But I could just see it, just watching it today. Like, just seeing just how gripping the whole thing was. And how, like, it just, you just felt it slipping away from the Eagles. And it didn't seem like there was, they seemed helpless to stop it. So, I have to say this. You know that the Eagles security guys, that Big Dom's not the first guy to get a flag or to get, to To get tossed in a game. Not get tossed, but his predecessor. Yes. One Anthony Buchanico, yeah. the Butch- great Butchie, yeah, Butchie, who I used to call Mr. Wolf, got a flag. Uh, what did he do <laughs> to catch a flag? He was chirping at the official. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is 2003, four, uh, whatever it was. Here, yeah. So Andy let Three me, gone. I'm, I was writing a book. And Andy allowed me to be on the sidelines and be with his team. And okay. I, was, I was embedded with those guys, right? So I'm standing behind Butchie. And sure enough, flag comes and Andy, who's got a fearsome death stare, <laughs> right? His face is red, yeah. beat red. He turns around, he's seething. You can see the anger. Like, who got. So he looks at me first. <laughs> I'm like this. I was like frozen. Like I didn't do it. I'm frozen. And Butchie went, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So then I see like Andy's eyes kind of move over to Butchie and he's like, I'm sorry, coach, I got I got a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. He got a fifteen yard penalty. So it's not the Eagles first Eagles security guy's first uh run in with the yes. officials. So it's a uh, yeah. funny story. Funny story. All right. We got to take a look at the Monday night game, which is coming up next. Big news in football, but let's talk about college football for a second because so much controversy involving the Final Four. Thank God. All I'm going to say is thank God next year that we expand. I love college football. I mean, it's one of my favorite things. I know you do. Um, but, you know, the, the thing, this, we shouldn't even be here, because, honestly, like, everybody else can figure out playoffs. Like, everybody. I mean, Division 1AA can figure it out. Division 3's got 16 te- Like, all these teams have all these divisions. High school, you have these state tournaments in Texas. Like, you know, you got 32 teams in it. You know, I get it's just, like, they don't do four teams. Division 1AA does it. Yes, they do it right. You know, and so... Like, the, the fact that we're here and somebody's got to be left out and Florida State's left out and Georgia. How is Georgia left out? How does Georgia— You lose one game, the SEC title game. You lose the one game by a field goal. And you're out? It's insane. It's insane. Like, I don't even know what Kirby—how how Kirby can even look at his team. 
Like, okay, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's SEC championship, it's, it's Atlanta, Georgia. I get it. But you can't go from the number one team in the country. Like, they're not making the playoffs. to finish and not be in the playoffs. It's insane. Mike Leach, God rest his soul, who was the bad. Yeah. I love Mike, right? He, he went on a, a – it's like 20 – when they first did this new system, he went on a rant and yeah. he goes – only college football, like we, we in America, we love committees. So let's get a committee yeah. to decide. And then we got guys on the committee that, that have nothing to do with football. Right. They're like fans. <laughs> so, like, it's like, well, why is he on the committee? Well, he's a good guy, right? Like, we can go to dinner. We could talk. Like, that's how, they, that's how they're doing college football, which is still the most amazing thing in forever. You know, Sports Talk Radio was born off of the the AP poll, yeah. like what insanity that you would have the AP poll tell you who the national championship? How do you vote for a champion? And this is the same thing. It's the same thing. Because here's the bottom line. Listen, I don't think Florida State's good. All right, they're okay, but the problem is the ACC's down, Clemson's down, Florida State's unbeaten. How do you go unbeaten? And then not get an invitation. That's why it's criminal. It's criminal for Georgia. It's criminal for Florida State. Alabama deserves to be in it. Yeah. Alabama, uh, when Texas beats them in September, Texas beats them, right? Milrow is not the same quarterback. He got benched in the early in the season. They're a better, way better team now. Because look at what Milrow's doing. I know. He's playing ridiculous. That drive to close out the game against Georgia was amazing. That kid, I got to tell you. No, I mean, I saw him from the beginning, and I've seen him now. And it's a night and day situation. He was a runner. He was just an athlete to start the season. Now he's playing quarterback. Like, but you should be allowed to improve and be the best team. You know, I feel like I know Alabama lost to Texas, and I know that's why Texas is in and Georgia isn't in. But, like, Alabama is so much better now than they were against Texas. Like, they improved. And I'm not saying Texas shouldn't be in, but somehow Georgia has to be in. And the only reason why Texas is in, and look, I feel I agree with you, but the only reason why Texas is in is because they beat Alabama and they have to take the SEC champion. So, therefore, they can't have Alabama, no, they can't have Alabama and no Texas because Texas beat Alabama on right. the field. Right. I, I, I can't even understand the, the conversations, though. It's horrible. It's ridiculous. I just, I, thank God it's moot. And next year, because next year we see college football, it's just going to be so much better. I got friends who go, well, it takes away from the, the championship game. No, how, how so what? Play for the whole field. Play for seeding. It, it still matters. It just makes the games bigger. It does. It makes it bigger. It just builds up more fans, more people are involved, and you get the be the best team wins. Like, Georgia might be the best team. They're not even going to have a chance to win it. I know. Like, the best team. It's supposed to be the best teams. The Georgia could be the best team. They were the last two years. They could be the best team and not have a chance. Well, That's wrong. I will say this. I, I cannot wait. Rose Bowl. I mean, this is Michigan. unbelievable. Yeah. Michigan, Bama. Oh, my God. Don't you think, like, that should just they, they should they should have put them opposite one another, so that Michigan and Texas or Bama and Washington. I thought Michigan should have played Washington. Right.
Well, Washington's a good team. I go Michigan Washington. There's your Rose Bowl, right? right. That's your traditional right. Big Ten. Pat Salas here, the Pac-12. Pac-12 goes away. Yeah. And, it, and it's in the a real big Rose form. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, the Big Ten Pac-12. Like, yeah. like really have it out there in Pasadena. And then, you know, put uh, Bama against Texas and a rematch, okay, um, of what happened back in, what, September or whatever it was, October. And then, you know, I, I think I think everybody wants to see Alabama, Michigan, you know. But, I mean, this looks like, to me, like it's Michigan's tournament to win. It is, but Alabama is a bad matchup for them. They're Alabama, I think, it's funny, Washington's really good. And what, Dylan Johnson? Yeah. I, think I, I, I was surprised. They, they beat Oregon, and they beat them up. And they ran the ball down Oregon's throat. Dylan Johnson was a beast on the ground. You know, Panics played well. Yeah. And they stopped Bo Nix, which showed me a lot. Like, their defense is good. And it's interesting because— they got, a, they, got a, they got some offensive linemen, though, that are going, like, they got some first-round yes. offensive line. We make our buddy Lincoln Kennedy smile. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's Mr. There. Washington. They're going pretty high in this draft. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, um, anyway, we'll talk more about that. It's bowl season. I love it, Baldy. This is our last, the last time we get to, we'll argue until we get really good playoffs the way it should be, yeah. finally. Yeah, well, I mean, it, yes. That, that, it'll be the death of this silly four-team thing and this round robin. Ever since it, it started, a decade ago in this committee. I hate committees for everything. Yes. I'm an anti-committee. Yeah. yeah. I love it, brother. <laughs> of course you are. All right, here's what you're not anti, because it's cleat week in the NFL, and this is outrageous. It's outrageous. I love it. So let me let me tell you. So, you know, this tell is us a, the story. It's a big deal in the NFL. Like, the players get to uh, have their cause, and they can – have their cleats made to identify their cause. So my cause is, like, I'm close to the Polynesian community. You know, our You're an friend, honorary. I've, I've spoken at the Polynesian Hall of Fame out in Honolulu a couple times. I've been to their games. I've been to their high school, um, uh, so, some of the camps that they have. So I, I know Jesse Sapolo and Richie Miano, some of these guys that are heavily in June Jones, some of these guys are really involved. And on the cleats are a bunch of guys that were all Polynesians that had great careers. Danny Salimua played with my brother, Manu Tuiasasopo, you know, Al Noga, Vaisikahema, like nah, Kirkovea. Govea, like all these Polynesians that have come before. You know, Haloti Nada. Oh, yeah. You know, so like. The, the, wow, two and A. Yeah, Mark two and A. To Oh, my God. Yeah, so like it's, they're all kind of represented. Uh, there's, there's over 60 of them here. You know, we have the, the Hawaiian Islands here, the seven islands that make up Hawaii. That's fabulous. Yeah, so anyways, that was my, like, I just want to give. Shakahama. We got to give Vi on the pod. Yeah, give Vi. Uh, I just want to give them, uh, just let them know that we're thinking about them. They're such a, it's such a big part of their community, football at every level. Um, and they're just, every team employs them. You know, obviously, you know, when you look at Jordan Malata and what he's doing in this league right now, where he came from, uh, they have, you know, strong Polynesian roots. Um, no, it's just, uh, it's a, I think they've done a great job with the cleat, and I'm real proud to kind of represent them and to give them, you know, some attention for what they're doing. I love it. I absolutely love it. What size is this? It's a 15. 15. 
Yeah, I could put these on right now. You're 15? Yeah, I'm a 15. Yeah, so. That's impressive. Yeah. You're 15. Like, you look at, uh, it was just. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm a 13, and I can't, I, I, oh, yeah. my God. That's but like, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's just so, so many of them. Some, you some you remember. Owen Cruz awesome. is uh, a good friend of mine. He was a center for Chris Chicago. Chris Naoli. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, yeah. So uh, you look at uh, by Troy Palomalo. You know, I mean, it's, oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's I awesome. Hear, like, I, I know Troy. Yeah, he's got a son. I hear he's going to be awesome. Really? He's going to be, like, made just. He's got the same hair as his dad. I hear he's going to be an awesome player. Oh, that's fantastic. Anyways, my cause, my cleats, the Polynesian Hall of Fame. I love it. Yeah. All right. We're down to one game left this week. It's the Monday night game. It is Jacksonville against the Cincinnati Bengals. Jags mm -hmm. looking to, you know, take the stranglehold of the division. Yep. I mean, look, they're ri ridiculous right now. Eight they're 8-3, and three, right? Colts and the Texans both 7-5. and five. So they're looking to go ahead. Bengals, of course, are struggling. They, well, they, they dropped three in a row now. Yeah, I mean, listen, no, no Joe. No, yeah. So, you know, Jake Brown is going to get another start. But – you know, like, if you don't have that backup quarterback position, like, I don't know what Jake Browning is going to be. He's struggled so far. Speaking of Washington, yeah. Exactly. And so, um, you know, these teams go into the season, and you got Joe Burrow who had a bad calf all preseason, and you're going to ride with Jake Browning. Like, it's, you know, like, I don't know if they can find a way defensively and game plan to beat Jacksonville. They'll get back in the race, get to 6-6 six and six if they can find a way to win this game tonight. But if Jacksonville takes care of business at home, they're going to get to nine and three, along with Baltimore, along with Miami, and you know the number one seed in the AFC is up for grabs. Yeah, yeah, it, it's with them it, up to go. It, it really is interesting. Now, what could let, let's think about this? Jacksonville, if there's one issue, it's their defense. Yeah, but like you know, like you look at a kid like Josh Allen, who uh, you know came out of Kentucky, he was the seventh pick in the draft. He's got 12 sacks right now. Like, he's really come on. He's becoming a force. You know, Trayvon Walker on the other side hasn't been quite what they thought he was going to be as the number one pick, but he still has a presence about him. You know, you look at Foyer Aluaquan, like, he leads this team, this league in tackles for the third year in a row. He is so smart, so athletic. And, like, Darius Williams still leads the league in passes defense at one corner. They've got playmakers on that side of the ball. They're, I think they're very good. So, how do you see this matchup? What's the key matchup you're looking at? I love the Jags offense. I mean, that Jags offense, Lawrence is playing terrific right now. You got two studs with, with, between Kirk and Ridley to throw to. You got Ingram at tight end, and you got Etienne you know, being able to run the football. Like, I, I would think that, you know, Trevor, you, you know, should. Like, just look, Cincinnati is a quality defense. Um, Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, is very good. They've got a lot of skilled guys on that side of the ball. They're not going to just give them. They'll play very good. I, I, I say, that, you know, the matchup is I think they'll try to run it with Joe Mixon a little bit. But ultimately, can you get the ball to Jamar Chase? Yeah. Can you get the ball to T. Higgins? Can you get the ball to the receivers right now? And there's questions whether they can do that and yeah. how they do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll be watching last game of the week. Wow. Week 13 almost in the books. Oh, slow down. Please slow down. That's too much, too quick, Baldy, too quick. All right, that's good. <laughs> 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 <laughs>